Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Huge announcement, off the rip, a bit of admin, some of the more exciting administration you'll actually come across. Melbourne, I'm doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, March 29 to April 9, 11 shows in total. Get the fuck around me, okay? My debut at the fabled Melbourne International Comedy Festival and thanking the three English and Canadian comedians that come over each year, allowing the festival to carry that international title. We appreciate it. But I am so pumped, dude. Finally doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I was supposed to do it in 2020 and obviously we know what happened there. So this is long overdue, and uh, I can't wait. The premier comedy festival of this great nation, and it's the place to be. If you like comedy, there's people to see, and and yeah, I don't know, I don't know if my excitement is coming across the airwaves, but I'm fucking revved. Okay, so the people south of the border, the great city of Melbourne, at times, we have been abrasive towards each other. But I got to say, I think a lot of that is in the past. In fact, almost all of it. I had a fantastic time in Melbourne last year, and I've spoken candidly about some of the great aspects of that fine city, okay? And I've touched on the negatives as well, but that's only because as a podcaster, I take my job extremely seriously, and I need to be objective uh, in any and all circumstances. So, you know, the past is in the past. Build a bridge. There's water everywhere. Whatever you need to tell yourself... I'm coming to Melbourne for 11 shows, March 29 to April 9. Get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio or just go on the Melbourne Comedy Festival website. My new show is called Reckless Pelican and I've been working on it for the last six months. You know, while you've been watching The Block on a Tuesday night, I've been out there in the trenches, you know, walking through the flames of hell working on this material getting lit up like a Christmas tree by Dave Hughes dropping in because he's in Sydney filming The Masked Singer and he goes on and kills for 15 minutes before I walk up there with my brand new notes, running a few ideas past these people who've just witnessed greatness in the form of television icon Dave Hughes. So I've walked through those circumstances for you guys. So I'm able to bring an absolutely sensational hour of stand-up comedy to the people of Melbourne and furthermore, the people of this great nation, okay? Only Melbourne dates announced so far, but there is 11 of them, okay? So even though I'm only announcing one city, when you keep in mind that there's 11 shows in that city, you know what I mean? Sort of, it's quite, it's quite a top-heavy announcement. Even though it feels like this announcement is like, great, you're coming to just Melbourne. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to be there for fucking ages, Okay? Do you know what I mean? Like you could, you could come and see Billy Darcy. Then that weekend, your footy team loses. Then the following weekend, your footy team wins. And then you can see Billy Darcy again. Like that's how long I'll be in Melbourne. Okay. We're, we're, I'm, I'm in town for a fucking fortnight. Okay. So don't, I don't want to hear any, anything about, oh, Billy's come groveling to the city of Melbourne because he needs to sell some tickets. I mean... I'm borderline going to be living there, okay? 
God forbid I meet a girl with a fringe and a nose ring, I may never leave. So the people of Melbourne, come out and get around yours truly. My show's going to rip and I hope to see you there. Um, It's quite a small room, even by my standards. So if you want to come on the weekend shows, I'd get in early for those. Um, But apart from that, bring a mate. Let's rip and tear. Schooner's guaranteed afterwards. The show's sick. I'm confident. My hair's fantastic. I miss my ex-girlfriend. Guys, everything is exactly where it needs to be uh, for 2023. So Melbourne Comedy Festival, March 29 to April 9. Get your tickets. Link in my Instagram bio or on the Melbourne Comedy Festival website. My new show, Reckless Pelican. And I'll be announcing the rest of the tour uh, in a week or two. Probably next week. So rev up and I hope to see you there. Anyway, let's crack into the podcast for this week. After what was hmm, a pretty excessively lengthy promo. I hope you guys buy some tickets after I've no doubt burned the first four and a half minutes of this podcast. But nevertheless, good one coming through today. And I should stop talking about it. I should just do it. Okay. Recorded an episode with Rowan yesterday. He's on in the second half. That's a cranker. Now here I am threatening to begin the solo portion of said podcast. Here it is. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered the first thing I was going to talk about and it's like, I would describe it as an aside, okay? I would just, it's definitely an appetizo. Uh, it's not exactly, I don't think it's worthy of the five and a half minute buildup uh, I still am currently in and refusing to get out of. But anyway, I'd like to start with a second announcement which potentially pales in comparison to the first. But I have bought a binge subscription again for the lad pad. Now, this seems like nothing, but here's the deal. In a share house environment, the streaming services you can contribute to said household, that indicates your worth, okay? Now, I used to, I used to contribute binge, as part of my uh, part of my you know carrying the load because now you need like seven streaming services. Remember when there was just Netflix and if you could really be fucked, Stan. You know there was just Netflix and if you were rich, Stan, or if you like, I don't know, got drunk one night and signed up for Stan by accident and didn't know how to cancel it, and that was all there was and. And at the time, remember when Stan came out, everyone was like, what are you doing, Stan? You stand no chance against Netflix. There was a true David and Goliath battle. And Stan, to its credit, the little Aussie battler, it's still fucking going. And Stan does a fantastic job. Okay, a fantastic job. But nevertheless, now, if you don't have upwards of seven different streaming services, you'll probably find yourself riddled with anxiety on a Tuesday night with nothing at all to watch. In fact, the, the, the potential, the potential what, what's the word I'm looking for? The thought of sitting at home with, with access to no streaming services or YouTube on a Tuesday night and having to watch free-to-air television, um, it's enough to push any 20-something-year-old man or woman into just an absolute fucking a who's who of anxiety and intrusive thoughts. So you want to get as many streaming services as you can to act as a metaphorical barrier 
between you and, and your mental health issues. So like any good household, that's what we've done. We've got everything except Apple TV because we're not fucking idiots. And here's the deal. I, had, I was paying for Binge for like two, three years at the lad pad. The boys simply refused to watch it, okay? It got so bad, it got to the point where I was pretty much like pitching them shows on Binge. Like I was like, oh boys, anyone, anyone get around the new Game of Thrones? Wow, God, the dragon's back. It's all happening. Jeez, you better bloody log on to Binge, hey? You know, I don't even watch Game of Thrones, dude. And that was the dirty secret. I wasn't watching Binge either. But so I finally got rid of it. And that has been detrimental to my status in the social pecking order. Okay. Now, Maca contributes about three streaming services, although I would argue most of the logins are, in fact, his dad's. Okay. But that's by the by. Adzi contributes Disney Plus, which is a heavy hitter. And then we got a couple of parents' accounts and old roommates who forgot to log out. Okay. And that sort of makes up the bulk of our streaming services. And here's the deal. No one watched Binge, and I paid $15 a month for three years uh, in a pretty embarrassing attempt to be accepted, okay? Now, I cancelled Binge because I'm throwing money away. No one's watching it. I even told the lads. In an attempt to soften the blow, I told them I'm cancelling Binge. But here's the deal. As soon as I cancelled Binge, even though they never watched it, they were immediately blowing up. Oh, what the fuck? Where's Binge? What happened to Binge? I'm surprised they even knew where to find the icon on the fucking Apple TV home screen, lads. You know, I've begged you to watch Binge for months. It's all I've been talking about, okay? When I cancelled Binge, the lads were like... The lads were like... (laughs) Do you know what the lads were like? They were like all those 65-year-old white guys who were blowing up when they changed the rule so you can't climb Uluru anymore. And all those old white guys were like, what the fuck? I was just about to climb it. Oh, Jesus. We, you're kidding. You can't climb. I was, oh, no. God, I've been waiting to climb it for so long. <laughs> well, they remember all those people who were fake angry at that? As if they like had their tickets booked to Alice Springs. And that was the sole reason they were going. And then like a week later, we have, and I think it's been two or three years since, no one has brought it up again since. <laughs> Dude, I'm in for people raging about stuff, but at least actually blow up about it, you know? Like be angry because you're angry. Don't be angry because you think you maybe should be angry. <laughs> that's, that's what, that was some of the backlash I was facing with this whole binge debacle, dude. So, anyway, in a pretty pathetic attempt, uh, another pathetic attempt, uh, what happened was I signed up for nine now because I thought the boys will want to watch the tennis. That's a little olive branch that, hey, uh, I'm not paying for binge anymore, but what about this nine now? And anyway, that made things way worse. The boys were actually furious that I was not paying for a subscription service. I pointed out that, hey, my personal information was on the line here. My email address is attached to this thing. You know, I'm not paying any financial penalties, but I, I am at risk of cyber crimes. I've put my neck on the line for you boys, so you can catch up on maths in your own time. You know what maths is like? You fucking miss one episode. One of the chicks has done, done the Grand Slam and got with all four blokes. 
those those loose women move the narrative very quickly on that show. And if you need to catch up, you're going to need the Nine Now app, lads. Okay. But that fell on deaf ears. And there's something coming out on binge. Oh, that's right. The Last of Us came out. And so the boy said, we got to watch The Last of Us. It's on binge. Bill, you got to get binge back. Okay. So I got binge back and yeah, we're back. Basically, we are back. Um, I'm paying for binge. My social status hasn't really risen because outside of the one episode of Last of Us we watched, the boys refused to touch it. And it's actually like an agenda thing. Like that, there could be anything on there. They're not going to touch it out of principle. So I'm back on the market and happy to be. Um, but I honestly think going forward, you should have to put down what streaming service logins you have as part of your rental application because that's really your currency in the modern world, okay? If I'm looking for a roommate, really, you're looking for fucking two or three logins. That's what you're really looking for. It's like, fuck, I don't care if this guy's a Nazi sympathizer. Who gives a shit? He's got KO. (laughs) You know what I mean? KO and Disney Plus, you can fucking, you can be as racist as you want as long as you hand over those logins. Okay, mate? So that's the world we're living in. That's the world I'm living in. And I'm proud to say on here, I am now a binge subscriber once again. So they were very welcoming in an email and they weren't at all bitter uh, that I had, you know, sort of gone amiss for a year or two there. How good would it be if ex-girlfriends welcomed welcomed you back the way Binge does? You know, just fucking ravenous to have you back. Full-blown email and everything. Shoot your text. We've missed you. <laughs> I love how companies try to address you personally as if I actually think Binge, the entity, has missed local fucking clown Billy Darcy. You know, what's the point? What's anyway? Okay. This podcast, what are we, 16 minutes in, so far I've plugged my Melbourne shows, plural, there's fucking 11 of them, god damn it, please come, and and then talked about binge, so I don't want to speak out of school that this is one of the worst pods of the year, but then again, I was pretty vocal about last week's being the best, so maybe this is the swing we all knew was coming. Anyway, I got a yarn from the week that was... Uh, I've been in the wars a bit recently, so I haven't been out on the circuit too much. But how's this? So I fucked my foot up yesterday at work, doing a bit of bloody landscaping with Adzi. And I jumped off a fence and like landed, landed somewhere you shouldn't land. I landed where like my foot was like a good five centimeters. Like, you know what I mean? Like I landed on a concrete tile and the ground, like both. And long story short, my foot is fucked, okay? But it was one of those things as well where I did it around lunchtime and you go, oof, that's hurt. That's hurt quite a bit. But then you go, oh, you'll walk that off, you know? Nothing, nothing that growing up, uh, growing up in the early 2000s hasn't taught me. Stop crying, you bitch, okay? So I walked that off and then you get home, you go, Jesus, that's a bit stiff. And then... Oh, as I was going to my car to go to the shops, because Tuesdays is my night to buy dinner. By the time I got, I walked out the apartment and thought, wow, this thing is actually killing me. And then by the time I got to my car, I thought, okay, I can't walk at all. I'm absolutely fucked here. It's one of those. So anyway, I go to Woolies. And here's the thing. I could have asked Macca to go to Woolies on my behalf, given him my card or transferred him. 
But after I just recently blown up our fridge on the weekend, which I get into with Rowan. So plus the whole binge debacle, I didn't really have the social currency required to ask a favor like that of Macca. Okay. Plus he had just come off the back of, he just bought a fresh bottle of Sriracha for the pad. So as far as social currency goes, you know what I mean? He's top of the pile. I'm having a, a bit of a rough trot. Regardless, I drive to Woolies and I am limping through Woolies. It's, uh, it's actually quite painful. And here's the deal. So basically, I'm looking for some chicken breast. Now, there's absolutely nothing going on at Woolies. It's like the apocalypse up there, okay, which did freak me out because we had just watched The Last of Us. So I was thinking, fuck, should I buy as much food as I can carry? Is this the beginning of something horrific? But basically, there's some sort of a chicken shortage or some shit. The weirdest cunt I've ever come across comes up to me at Woolies. Woolies employee, he's got a pallet of chicken. And you know when someone just starts, like, it, in that situation, it's employee customer. But you know when someone, even though they're working, just starts swearing and it lets you know that, hey, we've got our guard down here. This is just two, two fully-fledged gentlemen having a conversation in the wild, okay? So he just looks at the empty chicken shelves and goes, fucking hell, mate. Geez, they make my life tough. And I go, yeah, mate, what's going on? Where's the chicken? He goes, oh, they reckon there's a shortage at the chicken batteries, but I'm not believing that shit. I go, oh, conspiracy theory, brother. What's going on? He goes, mate, there's no fucking, there's no shortage. They're on strike. I'm telling you, they don't want to work, these lads. They got whiff of uh, everyone needs chicken and that it's trendy to eat chicken and they, they don't want to work. They're holding the unions by ransom. I go, holy shit, mate. This is a freaking complex political situation. And we'll get into it with this guy for a bit. And I can't stress enough how weird this guy looked. Okay, so everything I'm saying, picture it coming from the weirdest bloke ever. Anyway, so he starts going off and he's like fucking kind of not screaming, but he's, he's talking with some venom. He's like, yeah, mate, usually we get five fucking pallets today. Half a fucking pallet, mate. You do the maths on that one. Do the maths on that one. And like he, and I think he wants me to actually do the maths. And here's the thing, guys. I don't need to do the maths. The answer is we don't have enough chicken, okay? So, and so I'm chatting to him. And the other thing is I can't leave because I can't, I can't see any chicken either. So I'm trying to look for the chicken. I'm trying to navigate this pelican. Anyway, I, f- I just grab like the, whatever, some weird shit like drumsticks or something. And then here's the thing, though. I can't get away. I'm limping away, but this guy's like following me with the pallet. And even with a pallet, he's going much quicker than I am. So he's chewing my ear off for like two more aisles about the chicken shortage. I go, all right, mate, I'll catch you later. But my goodbyes aren't having the force a normal goodbye would be because then I'm like leaving the interaction at like a snail's pace. So then anyway, I finally get away from this bloke, turn a corner to get some rice. The bloke is stacking the rice. I've come at prime shelf stacking hours. Okay, they're, they're fucking going nuts on the shelves. And <laughs> there's this old guy, and he's a bit of a quirky dude too. And I, I'm not bashy Woolies employees. I literally was one six months ago. So there's no, there's no fucking friendly fire here. But this guy, like jet white hair, glasses. Look, looks about like 60, but in kind of good nick, you know? He's lean and mean. And anyway, this guy sees me. I'm limping down the aisle. He's in the middle of the aisle. And he sees me and he goes, oh no, oh no, what have we done? What have we done? And I go, and he's he's stacking the rice and I need the rice. So there's no escaping this. 
So I go, oh, mate, I've, I've hurt my foot at work. And he goes, oh, mate, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be walking on it. I go, it's my night to get dinner. And he goes, oh, that doesn't look too good, mate. He goes, you got injury cover on that? And I go, oh, mate, I'm actually just, it's a bit of a cashy, so I'm not, I'm not on the books. So I don't think there'll be too much insurance flying around. Also, it's not that bad, you know? Like, I'm, I'm limping, but I'll, I'll live. So and he goes, he goes, oh, mate. Uh, he goes, mate, you got to be careful at work, mate. you got to be careful at work. So now he's just full-blown. He's into his work, this bloke. And he goes, he goes, mate, <laughs> I swear to God, this is what he says. He goes, this happened just last night. He goes, he goes, mate, you've got to be careful at work. I go, of course, mate. He goes, mate, just last year, I slipped on a strawberry milkshake and broke my arm horrifically. Okay. <laughs> I go, you're kidding. He goes, yep, broke it in two places. I go, is that working here at Woolies? He goes, yep. I go, oh, well, mate, at least you would have got some workers' comp for that. He goes, mate, never, ever, ever do workers' comp. I go, what? He goes, I've had horrific injuries over the years, mate. Horrific. Okay, I don't know if this guy got fucking dropped in a hay baler or what, but he, he, he had the PTSD eyes rolling in the back of his head thing. And he goes, mate, I've had horrific workplace injuries. I've never once gone to, gone to workers' compensation. He goes, mate, that shit will follow you till the day you die. <laughs> I go, what? He goes, mate, honestly, put it this way, mate. Would you rather have a two-month injury or have something follow you for 40 years? And I go, and you know when you meet one of these characters? Now I'm just in his world. And this is his logic. And, and I'm like, and I'm in his world and he's making a bit of fucking sense, dude. So I'm like, I'm still looking for rice going, well, I guess two months. He goes, that's right, mate. That's right. And I go, yeah, right. How does that work? He goes, well, mate, if you do workers comp, every time you apply for a job, you have to submit those incident reports, mate. Who's going to want to hire you then, mate? Who's going to want to hire you then? Now they think, oh, he's one of these. He's a scam artist, you know? And I'm thinking... This guy seems like he's had a lot of jobs, okay? He seems like he's bounced around a few places and I can't get away from him. And I'm like, yeah, well, that makes sense to me, mate. Makes sense to me. He's like, seriously, mate, something to think about. And I'm like, mate, I will think about it. I will. And then like, I grab the rice and I still can't get away. I'm limping away like a snail. And he goes, all right, mate, you stay off that foot, okay? He goes, I don't want to see you back in here. And I'm like, all right, mate, I'll stay off the foot. He goes, good, mate, that's good. Don't let me see you back here. I go, okay, mate. And like, and I actually had to go to that aisle for a fucking marinade or sauce or something. And I, I walked past, he was still in there. And I just thought, fuck that. I said, we're eating fucking unflavored chicken tonight. Okay. I'd rather have absolutely zero flavor on my meal than engage in another conversation with this absolute lunatic. Okay. It reminded me of the Liquorland incident where that old bloke was just giving it to me, you know, heavily implying I was a homosexual. Um, so yeah, there's a little yarn roo for you. A few more in the Rowan app as well. Most of the yarns will be with Rowan, I think, uh, for the time being, just because it's more fun to tell a yarn to another person. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Okay, few topics to crack into here. Uh, so... First up, Australian of the Year was awarded on on Australia Day, I think. I don't know if they still do that on Australia Day. 
who knows what goes on on Australia Day anymore? You know, are you supposed to work? Are you not supposed to work? Are you supposed to go to a barbecue? Are you supposed to sit in a room crying by yourself? Australia Day is all over the shop these days. We need to change that date ASAP. We need to unite one of the great days back with the hottest 100, okay? Australia Day is just a mess at the moment. So change the date ASAPio, as long as it's in summer. That's my only uh, caveat there. But And of course, that it's a date that the whole nation can get around. But it feels, it feels like January 26 is really the main issue. It feels like any other date in January would be uh, better than January 26. So anyway, moving forward, Australian of the Year was awarded either on Australia Day or the day before. Body image activist Taryn Brumfit. Okay. Now, I got no issues with Taryn and the fantastic work she does in the war against negative self body image. You know, that is, I think I've been pretty vocal about that in the past, that that is a cause very close to my heart. But I, <laughs> but I will have to just pull up something here in that how did Ned Brockman not win this award, okay? I'm not saying Taryn shouldn't have won. I'm just saying that how did Ned Brockman not win, okay? Like, the guy runs across Australia and raises $2.5 million for homeless people, homeless Australian people, and doesn't win. (laughs) And I'm laughing because it's like, well, fuck, what, what, what more could you do? I don't understand how someone who does that could not be considered the most outstanding Australian of that year. The only reason Ned Brockman should not have won Australian of the Year is if another guy or gal ran the same amount of freaking miles or kilometers and raised even more money for homelessness. You know, if Ned Brockman rocks up and they go, winner of Australian of the Year, Billy Darcy, he raised three and a half mil for homelessness in Australia. Even Ned Brockman would put his hand up and be like, fuck, fair enough. I only raised two and a half mil, you know? Pennies on the dollar compared to this legend. Congratulations. Okay. And I'm not implying that body image activist Taryn Brumfit hates homeless people. That's not, that's not even close to what I'm saying. Okay. I don't know where you've got that from. But I'm just saying that, God, as far as Australians of the year, Ned Brockman seemed pretty deserving to me. And it was funny as well uh, because <laughs> I you know, watched the, the ceremony or what have you. And Taryn said, uh, she put in her speech, uh, that, and he's, I'm not ripping on this Taryn woman, okay? Great stuff. I'm not discrediting her in any way, shape, or form. But she said in her speech, and she said this, I haven't said this. She said that we are currently facing the worst environmental, humanitarian, and social issues in our time. What if instead of spending our days hating our bodies, we could spend that time solving these challenges, which is a fantastic sentiment from Taryn. What if we spent, instead of all the time we spend on thinking negatively about our own bodies, what if we spend that time on a more worthy issue such as potentially, uh, racking my brain just super quickly here, da, 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 homelessness, <laughs> you know? What if... We spe- instead of spending our time hating our bodies, we spent the time focusing on humanitarian issues. And that's a great point, Taryn. It's a fantastic point. And further to your point, 
Some bloke already fucking did, okay? His name's Ned Brockman. <laughs> he raised two and a half million dollars for homeless Australians. I just find it absolutely insane he didn't win, okay? So, and you know, the, the body image movement, I'm not saying the body image movement isn't a fantastic movement. You know, everyone should accept themselves whatever shape or form you come in. But if you had, if you put a gun to my head and you said, Bill, I'm going to blow up your whole fucking family if you don't answer this question, what is more important, negative body image or homelessness? I would have to, in that situation, gun to my head, I would have to say homelessness. And that's just one man's opinion in a life, life or death situation. You know what I mean? So I thought it was a potential half volley on leg stump to just give Ned Brockman Australian of the Year. But, you know, it appears I was quite a way off the mark. And, you know, last year we had Dylan Alcott, advocate uh, for disabled people all around this great nation. The year before we had Grace Tame, who advocates and defends victims of sexual assault. Sorry, I get uncomfortable talking about serious topics on this stupid podcast. Um, Because I'm always thinking of something funny to say. And then so when I was just saying that Grace Tame advocates for survivors of sexual assault. I'm telling myself, don't joke about that bit. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Dylan Alcott, Grace Tame, you know, fucking killing it, dude. And then you would have thought Ned Brockman slots in nicely on that list, but, you know, wasn't to be, okay? So, no, uh, no qualms with Taryn. Continue the great work you do. Felt Ned Brockman was potentially robbed, but it's all a bit by the by. So I feel like I fucking tiptoed and made my way through that with, you know, some form of grace, if any. As much grace as a man in a bucket hat could ever elicit, I would argue. Okay, up next we have a hot new sports power couple, okay? Now this is very much my, up my alley. There is nothing I enjoy more than a good sports power couple. Some of my favorites over the years... Clarky and Lara Bingle, Clarky and Kylie Clark, Clarky and Pip Edwards. Guys, I really like following Michael Clark's dating life. But by the by, we have a new sports power couple. And this one, it's not too bad. It's not too bad at all. Big Bash Player of the Year, Matt Short. He plays for the Adelaide Strikers. And women's Olympic swimmer, Maddie Wilson, are in a couple. And a powerful one at that. Now, Maddie Wilson, if you're not familiar with her, she won two gold medals in Rio and Tokyo, or two total, as part of the 4x100 swim relay team. So, obviously, she's part of the relay team. No individual golds, okay? So, that's that does take away from some of the power of the couple. But at the same time, Matt Short doesn't play cricket for Australia. He just plays for Adelaide. So, they're actually, I would argue, they're perfect, you know, they're, they're right at the same level. You know, relay swimmer and domestic cricketer. That's beautiful. You don't want, you know, Australian test captain with relay swimmer. That's going to create a weird dynamic. You know, and that sort of stuff, you might think it doesn't matter. Oh, we're all created equal. All of a sudden, you're fucking screaming at each other after, after an argument at a Chinese restaurant and bang, it comes out. Well, hey, I'm the Australian test captain and you're just part of the relay team. Okay. So that stuff does simmer underneath the surface. I, I like that these two are, at, I would argue, respectively, 
that they're at the same level professionally in their in their preferred sports. So that's fantastic. Um, now, if Maddie Wilson is going to step into the limelight as part of this power couple, it does mean that she will become the one Australian swimmer that's allowed to be famous at any one time. Now, I don't know who the current one is. Obviously, we had Thorpey. We had, well, we had Closeted Thorpey. Uh, then we had, I would say, Grant Hackett for a bit. The Missile Magnuson. Uh, Stephanie Rice. Then we had Out of the Closet Thorpey. He wasn't even swimming at that point. Uh, but he was the famous one for, again for a bit. Then we had... Who was the guy who kept going to rehab? Was that Hackett? I think it was Hackett. I don't want to imply that Grant Hackett has been to rehab several times. But there was an Australian swimmer who had been. And dude, Dave Hughes has the funniest joke about this. He, he When he hosted the Logies, he said... Because uh, Grant Hackett was in the news at the time. And I fucking hope it's Grant Hackett and not someone else. Said uh, Grant Hackett had his... Um, heading back to rehab for the fourth time. And Hughes goes, yeah, mate. Well, how about you listen this time? <laughs> oh, dude. Does Hughesy get the credit? Does Hughesy get the fucking credit? He's the only person I've seen host those Logies and just smash it every time. I love his opening monologues. Um, anyway, so if Maddie Wilson is going to engage in this in this public uh, power couple persona, she is now our famous swimmer. So move over whoever it was before. I'm guessing it was the woman who won about 27 gold medals, whose name escapes me, McEwen, Emma McEwen. Move over. We now have Maddie Wilson. She's part of a power couple. And uh, we're, uh, to be honest, this is fantastic. I think we've been looking for someone for quite a while to drag the Australian cricket team out of the Candace Warner era of wags, okay? Here's the thing is every great group of wags needs an alpha wag. You know, usually it'll be the most famous or failing that the most attractive wag. Um, in Lara's case, she was both. No shade to anyone involved in that wag era. But yeah, I think the Candace era has been a bit how you're going because, you know, Candace Warner, bless her socks, she's not very likable. Never really been the biggest fan of Candace Warner for varying reasons. And, you know, I've had I've had my issues with Dave Warner over over the years as well, but you know, fair's fair. Candace Warner has been the alpha wag for quite some time now. And Dave Warner has been a fantastic player. And they, they're a fantastic power couple, regardless of how I feel about them. But I think this Maddie Wilson thing could be the beacon of light we need. You know, Dave Warner is going to retire next year or this year, probably. And it's, it's time for a new era of wags in the Australian cricket setup. And I think Maddie Wilson could be uh, the icon to light the way. So best of luck to Matt Short and Maddie Wilson. This is an exciting time uh, to be a power couple in that in that sphere. And I wish you the best, okay? I wish you the best. All right, this podcast is brought to you, as always, by Manscaped. Newsflash, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here. And by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. Okay, I've been using these products for ages now. The confidence you will gleam from the freshness, the the cleanliness, you know, 
just knowing that your hygiene is at a level above the rest of the pelicans out at the pub, desperately trying to find love on a Saturday night, okay? You'll, you'll be walking around with a pep in your step due to the confidence these beautiful Manscaped products afford you, okay? So the holidays went by quickly. Did you remember to take, your, take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Platinum Package from Manscaped is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life. The headliner in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. And it even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. It's also waterproof too, lads. Get around that. It all, this package also includes the Weed Whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. And they even throw in two free gifts, their Shed Travel Bag and Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably. No Platinum Package is complete without the Ultimate Hygiene Bundle to get you fresh from head to toe. This bundle includes Manscaped's Premium Body Wash, 2-in-1 Shampoo, Body and Ball Deodorant and much more. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code word DARCY. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Up next, Sam Smith. Okay, now, you probably haven't heard me talk about Sam Smith before on this podcast. It's because I don't actually really listen to his music, and that's fine. Okay, that is A-OK. But Sam Smith, he's been in the, uh, the media you know, got to talk about something. And Sam Smith, the big fellow, he's been in a good paddock, so he looks happy. And he's released a new album, and it's uh, it's all the rage. Everyone's loving it. And he's done this music video, right? And in the music video, he's like wearing a wedding dress with like nipple tassels, okay? And you're thinking, Billy, what, why would you have an opinion on Sam Smith wearing nipple tassels in a music video? You've just said you don't even listen to his music. And you'd be right to say that. I have zero opinion on that uh, whatsoever. But it's huge news. It's huge news, mate. And you've got to talk about something. So everyone's blowing up about this. So, well, some people are loving it. They, they, if anything, they wanted more nipple tassels. Okay? Some people's only objection was that two nipple tassels wasn't enough. They wanted just a, an absolute decathlon of tassels. But anyway, a lot of people are blowing up saying this is uh, Sam Smith's uh, in the public eye and, you know, what, what will happen to children being exposed to stuff like this? And what will his, his fans of his who are children think? And, you know, it's like that Simpsons thing. Why would anyone think of the children? What example is this for children? There's a lot of what people are saying on Twitter. And I feel passionately that it is not the role of celebrities to raise your children. Every time, like, celebrities get pulled up for all this stuff about being a role model. And really, look, if you want to be a role model, then fantastic. But it's not like the person gets to decide what they get up to. It's not, you know what I mean? Parents in America are blowing up about Sam Smith's music video. It's like, mate, you weren't a part of the pro. You weren't a part of the project. You don't work in the music video industry. It's got nothing to do with you. What Sam Smith does in his music video, he could run around naked with a swastika tattooed on his head. That'd be Sam Smith's business. Okay, like I feel so strongly that it's not celebrities or sports figures role to parent your children it's actually and this is this is just a wild concept that i would like to bring forward it's actually the role of the parent to parent people's children 
you know? How many... And also, here's the thing is like, at what point do you become responsible for the children of the world? Because it's clear that some people are responsible for everyone's children and other people aren't. So where does that... Like, how many Spotify streams do you have to hit before you're in charge of raising Becky and Cam in, you know, seven and eight years old in fucking manly New South Wales? What age... What, what age do you have to be before you're responsible for parenting everyone? You know? You, you can be a no-good nobody from nowhere. No one, you're not in charge of anyone. And then you have a hit single. All of a sudden, you're in charge of raising these kids. It's fucking dumb as shit, dude. You know? It's like when Miley Cyrus was in her wrecking ball era, twerking on fucking Robin Thicke and, I don't know, sticking her tongue out everywhere. And everyone's like, oh, Miley... Bring back Hannah Montana. What happened to the role model? What are my kids going to say? My kids love you, you know? Well, we've been, we've, we've moved past that. It's probably been, what, 10, 12 years since that. I don't know, whenever Wrecking Ball came out. Is everyone still alive, you know? I've, I, I meet 28-year-old women all the time. They're not fucking twerking on construction equipment, spitting at people. They're, they're all normal, Okay everyone's still alive it's all fine it's like when steve smith got caught with the sandpaper thing and everyone's saying you're a disgrace what's my son gonna think of you i don't know is junior cricket now fucking riddled with cheating scandals i don't see the fucking wakehurst under seven tigers getting caught up in a ball tampering scandal you know (laughs) it's fucking fine okay just let these celebrities do whatever the fuck they want and uh it's actually your job to parent your children you know, if you can be bothered. <laughs> I can't believe people are angry about this Sam Smith thing. And also, all right, children aside, that seems to be the main thing people are blowing up about. Other people are just like, mate, this is fucking weird as shit. Okay. Maybe it is. Who cares? You don't have to have an opinion on everything. You know, I can see Sam Smith whip around town and a few nipple tassels and just feel nothing. You don't have to... People think they have to form an opinion on literally everything their stupid eyes look at. You know? What do I think? What do I think? You don't think anything, mate. <laughs> and that's fine, okay? And that is absolutely fine. So rip and tear, Sam Smith, and raise your own kids. Anyway, next up, I'd like to continue to talk about Miley Cyrus, if I may. Okay? <laughs> Firstly, Miley Cyrus is on top again. Number one single in the whole world. Okay, I love Miley Cyrus. I always have. Uh, I was a huge Hannah Montana fan. I always say by virtue of the fact that I have a little sister who absolutely loved watching Hannah Montana. And so I, by virtue of us only having one television in the living room, had to watch a lot of Hannah Montana. Okay, that's the public front I have put out over the years. The truth is, guys, I, I often watched Hannah Montana when my sister was not even there. Okay, it was a fantastic program. And watching Miley balance... Uh, the two worlds of being a normal high school kid and a worldwide pop superstar was absolutely thrilling, okay? So Miley's back on top, number one single. I loved her last album. I'm telling you, if you haven't heard her cover of Zombie by the Cranberries, it will absolutely knock your socks off, dude, okay? I'd be taping my fucking socks to my calves before you stick that thing in your ears and it's on Spotify, so treat yourself, okay? And if you want to watch the video, it's fucking even better. Regardless, okay, Miley Cyrus is back, Uh, this song Flowers, it's a great song, whatever, it's all about Liam Hemsworth apparently, okay, and 
Here's the thing is, let, let me tell you one thing you don't want to do in life. Firstly, you don't want to let Sam Smith parent your children, okay? <laughs> and, and secondly, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and secondly, failing that, um, you don't want to break up with Miley Cyrus, okay? Because this chick is still teed off of Liam Hemsworth. It's been about four years, dude. This guy's still getting clipped up. Okay, remember when they broke up the first time and like a week later, I think he was hooking up with some model the next day and then a week later, there was just a full-blown photo of her just grabbing Cody Simpson's dick on Instagram, okay? You want to get back at your uh, your ex-boyfriend or your ex-husband, uh, go grab some guy's dick who's 10 years younger than you. That'll really, that'll really rev him up, okay? That's one way to crawl under someone's skin if that is your prerogative, okay? Um... So she released this song on his birthday in a in a not so subtle dig and it's rumored that the house she filmed the music video in is the house Liam allegedly cheated on her with 14 women with. Okay? Now, I'm not saying Liam Hemsworth didn't cheat on Miley Cyrus, but as far as rumors go, this one seems a bit aggressive. You know what I mean? What sometimes when people make stuff up, it's like you can tell it's made up because it's just, you went too big, you know? If you tell me Liam Hemsworth cheated on Miley Cyrus with one woman, I'm listening, okay? Liam Hemsworth is a 10, he's extremely famous and he's extremely rich. I could totally see a situation where, you know, unbelievable women are throwing themselves at him and he he buckles, okay? You, say, you tell me he cheated on Miley Cyrus with two women. I'm still very much listening to this narrative. Three women, okay, well, I mean, he is an A-list celebrity. Why not, okay? Why the fuck not? Anything past three women is like, what are we doing here, okay? And past 10 is just like, okay, are you telling me, were you in the room while he was having sex with 14 women counting them? Because that's the only way I could I could see this being a realistic number. If you were in the room counting them as Liam had sex with them. Okay, so... I don't know. I think anything above three is play on. If you cheat on me with three men or 14 men, I'm going to be as heartbroken either way. You know what I mean? And I'm just realizing now, I maybe skim the article. The way I perceived it was that it was 14 women at one time. But maybe now that I'm speaking out loud, it might have been 14 women separately. Logistically, that would make a bit more sense. I was picturing Liam Hemsworth and 14 women in a room just going absolutely nuts. And I'm thinking the big fella's got his hands full, big time. But yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and reread that one. But either way, Miley Cyrus is back on top and Liam Hemsworth is still getting clipped up. Dude, I would love to be a musician. Just teen off on your ex for like fucking six years, but in code. You know what I mean? If I was to come on a pod like this podcast and talk about my ex-girlfriend in a negative way, that's so lame. Just set up a camera being like, oh, fuck, uh, Sarah, she's so mean. Like, that's so fucking lame. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you like just do a drive-by on someone halfway through a pop song and it's like coded so only they will understand it and all your super fans are joining the dots tweeting at this cunt, fuck, that's... And you're making millions of dollars off said song. That's baller as shit, dude. Okay. Anyway, 
let's wrap it up. I had very little to talk about today, and yet here we are at the 50-minute mark. So who knows what's going on? Anyway, wrapping it up here, the project for this week. Now, the project is the segment at the end of every episode where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad, okay? Now, a couple things this week. Firstly, I finally got around to watching that show Upright, starring Tim Minchin and Millie Alcock, or Alcock. I'm not sure how to say it. Now, I've only watched the first episode. I watched it last night on Binge, okay? If anyone needs a binge login, just message me. Uh, would love for someone to use this thing. Uh, here's the deal, dude. This is a fantastic program, and it's pretty fucking bizarre and funny, kind of weird. I don't know how to describe it. It's really well done. Like the main guy is like kind of tweaking, and you get like taking it. Like when he tweaks, you tweak. Like the way it's shot and stuff. Like when he's freaking the fuck out, you're freaking the fuck out. Okay, it's really well done. Um, it's extremely Australian. Like opens up on a dirt road, Holden Commodore. You know. I don't want to spoil the show, okay? But basically, you know, the premise is Tim Minchin's driving across Australia and he gets tangled up with this runaway t- runaway teen and they join forces. Uh, this Millie Alcock chick is clearly going to be the next Margot Robbie. She's so talented. It's crazy, okay? So just a fantastic Australian program. See, it's A second season's already been done. I don't know if there's a season three on the way, um, but yeah, it is so good, dude. It's on Binge and Foxtel. It's called Upright. Check it out. Absolutely fantastic. And then finally, 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 Project alum, Aussie boxer Sky Nicholson. Okay. She's fighting this weekend for the... Ah, I don't even know. Boxing is so hard to follow. The, uh, like, IBO or... No, WBC Silver Featherweight title. Now... What does that mean? I don't know either, but I don't need to know. All I know is that an Aussie, an Aussie is throwing hands on the world stage, okay? I don't care if, if she's fighting for a fucking, a warm meal and a high five. I will always support an Aussie throwing hands on the world stage, okay? So get amongst that. Uh, she's fighting on the Amanda Serrano card. And my understanding is she's like two fights away from a world title fight, Okay. Again, I'm really the wrong person to get your boxing news from, but Sky Nicholson is fighting this weekend and it's going to be fucking sick. So plenty of great Australian stuff going on. Check it out. And Rowan Arneal is up next. And Melbourne, come to my shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, March 29 to April 9. Uh, You can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio or via the Melbourne Comedy Festival website. Schooners guaranteed. Would love to see you there. Rest of the tour announced shortly. Thanking you. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. Way too gone, way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Uh, what a time it is to be alive, etc. Rowan Arneal is here as per. What's doing, mate? Not much. Back in Sydney. Back in Sydney, so you've, you've been out. Mate, last week's episode was too hot. I had to flee the big smoke. The, the, was there too much TikTok hype around you? or <laughs> was too much type in general. I was getting recognized on the street. I was like, I've got to get the fuck out of here. Did you get recognized on the street? <laughs> no, I didn't get recognized on the street. Dude, I would believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That is true. But yeah, I had to go away to come back. 
Yeah, dude, that is the head on this young man's shoulders. 60,000 TikTok views. <laughs> Anyone else lets it go to their head all of a sudden. I'm rolling into the pub with like, you know, diamond chains and shit at 60K. This guy goes, I've got to go bush before this gets out of hand. I've got to go build a wall and do a bit of light quarrying. Yeah, you, you, I need to humble myself with extremely difficult manual labor. <laughs> yeah. i got to get a pint of V, get on the highway, smoke a couple of bongs at rest stops and really fucking go. Yeah, running from his fucking demons into the bush. So where were you, Jindabine? Yeah, I was at Jindabine. Built a built finished a wall on my boss's like fucking in laws property. Bit was, of bit of stone masonry, mate. Bit of like quarrying, mate. It was pretty fun actually. It was good. And then like anything, I'm like fucking Kanye after he got out of the mental hospital when he's like, I gotta go talk to Charlemagne. <laughs> I gotta go talk to Billy Man. <laughs> <laughs> That might be a problematic accent going forward. <laughs> I gotta go talk to Charlemagne, man. <laughs> I gotta talk to Charlemagne. That's so funny you said that because before the pod, I said, Do you have anything to talk about? You said, Nah. <laughs> I've been having a pretty good time. Don't have much to talk about. Dude, we need, because I've been not drinking as much. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> your dizzying spells. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I should clarify due to health concerns, <laughs> not due to any sort of uh, self improvement or personal growth. You've got some sort of disease that 1950s housewives get. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. Undiagnosable, not coming enough. I was diagnosed as hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just one day at a time here. <laughs> But, uh, dude, it's interesting because I got a blood test, but then I got pissed off because I had to pay like 100 sheets for the first appointment. Mm. So now I'm calling the reception, trying to just get patched through to the doctor. <laughs> and they're like, you can make an appointment. I go, no, no, no. He told me to call. <laughs> they're like, it really seems like he wouldn't have done that. I'm like, no, he, he could call me back. I, re I refuse to go in and uh, be told nothing's wrong with me for $140. Oh, bro, it's so painful. Yeah. I, my doctor used to... Who's a, a beautiful, a beautiful lady, very elderly, but I find it very hard to argue with her. She's like my family, like she bulk bills me because it was family, oh, you know, my family. Beautiful. And she would refuse to do an STD test without also doing an AIDS test. That's and, and You can't do that over the phone. So I'd have to come back in and just find out I don't have AIDS. I'm like, yeah, I fucking know. This is anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly anxiety. I don't have AIDS. <laughs> Dude, that is so over the top. Like- you should, they shouldn't even be able to test you for AIDS unless that something's happened. Mate, I shouldn't have even been getting an STD test in general. That wasn't even warranted. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Was there 1% of you that thought, fucking hell, have I got AIDS? Well, then- well, You can't tell me it didn't cross your mind. Well, after about the third AIDS test, you're like, fucking hell, I don't know. I know I'm not going to have AIDS. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> Do you think it's almost to the point where what is she implying? Like, are you her only patient that she makes gets AIDS tests? I have no. She's just a very thorough lady. And then she was like, I she's see like, it. I see this guy raves in the bush on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, and she was um, my doctor when I had been through a quote unquote slight crisis in the past. So she always just goes. Do you feel like you want to kill yourself at all? And I go, no, I don't. <laughs> but but finding out I have, I have AIDS could push me in that direction. Um, Dude, no, she's I, so thorough. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I find I either get the most thorough doctor, because I've never had a doctor. Yeah. 
you know, I go to a doctor once every three years and it has to get pretty fucking full on <laughs> for me to go to the doctor. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, just on the STD thing. Did I ever tell you the boys? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Such a good prank. Such a good prank. Uh, so I'll just recap this one. It was told on Get Around Me. I don't know the episode. But this is the sort of shenanigans you don't get as much of in an apartment. Mm. You know, so one day I'm, I'm, wor- I'm working and I get a text saying, this is a random sexual health text service. Mm. Uh, a, f- a sexual partner of yours has just tested positive for syphilis mm. and you should get tested. And I don't want to speak out of school, but in the previous two to three weeks, there was one or two women where I thought, yeah, this, I'm not fucking ruling this out. You were characterizing. I was stereotyping. I think I'd slept with two women in the past month and mm, I don't know. Let's just, I don't know how to sort of step around yeah, yeah, yeah. potentially calling them a whore on the airwaves. No, no, no. Um, but that's okay. We'll edit please, that out. Please, please don't call them more on That's okay. That's there's no way that makes the edit. I've been very classist in my in my life. Before, yeah, being yeah. like, oh, I don't know if this woman was born in the same socioeconomic area than me. Yeah, and here's the thing. Obviously, there is no editing on this pod, so that will stay in. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But basically, I was there. It wasn't beyond the pale of possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I could have picked up a sexually transmitted disease from mm. one of these women. Mm. Okay, so I immediately call up Samos. I'm like, mate, fucking wrap your ears around this. I'm on minimum wage at Westfield and I'm freaking the fuck out on a Tuesday. And he was like, oh, mate, like, I don't know, like, you'll have to get tested. And I was like, ugh, like, this is just... I don't think I was having a good enough week to have syphilis on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Because there are some weeks where you go, I could get syphilis this week (laughs) and have it not, like, torpedo what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this wasn't one of those weeks, mate. And I ended up freaking out and I think I called Macca and then, I don't know, I think I freaked out to the point where the boys just dropped the prank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is, I think, probably the, the good call. Don't make you go to a doctor or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it only lasted like six hours or something. But I had another three hours at work just going, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> just sweating the syphilis out. Yeah, because syphilis just feels aggressive as well. Well, it's very old-timey. Yeah, it's, I was Googling the symptoms. <laughs> Benjamin thinking, Franklin got this? What the fuck? Yeah, I was thinking, fuck, I don't have this currently from what I can tell. But if it's coming, this isn't going to be good. Mm. Seems like there's going to be a lot of blood. But um, what, the, so, what were we talking about? Syphilis. No, before that. <laughs> the doctor. The doctor. The blood test. Yeah. Took a pretty hard right turn on that one, I suppose. <laughs> the only part of the doctor we've ever really experienced. Yeah, I was about to say. So, <laughs> haven't been in with a cold anytime recently. <laughs> but, uh, da, da, da. I don't know. I had a fucking shocker on the weekend. I'll tell you this one. Just off the rip. No excuses, just... <laughs> I bet you're going to say no excuses and you're going to follow it with so many excuses. No, I'm telling you, I've got yeah, no excuses. No excuses. And this here's the thing. Any excuses I may give from this point onwards <laughs> are null and void because of said disclaimer that I have zero excuses. Okay. So basically, we played... How's this? First UFC Sunday or first Sunday in quite some time with no UFC card on it. Mm. Okay. Now, the previous week, this is pretty much the dream Sunday where it rains all day and there's a pay-per-view on. Mm. So, you get that sweet double of pay-per-view mixed martial arts action 
coupled with the fact that, hey, it's raining. Mm. So we're not pieces of shit for staying inside for 14 hours on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the dream. This Sunday, there's no UFC. It's freaking 31 degrees. It's cranking. Mm. We go, we got to get out there. I just watched the Women's Oz Open tennis final the night before. We played some tennis Sunday morning. Wow, that's fucking fun. 10.30 a.m. Little yuppies. That's nice. Very cute Are of us. any of you good? Uh, no. None of us have really played tennis. Maka claimed to have played <laughs> as a child. I thought, are you, I don't know if he's a Buddhist or something, because it must have been a previous life from what I saw. But I was um, I was the best player on the court. Oh, nice. And I lost to Adzi once, but he really got in my head. <laughs> I got in Adzi's head once just before he was about to serve. I go, Adzi, are you turning 30 this year? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, why is that? I go, no reason. <laughs> Anyway, mate, his first serve did not go in. <laughs> That's fucking fun. Um, anyway, so it was so great. But by the by, it turns out when I got my water bottle out of the freezer, I actually failed to shut the freezer door. Mm. When we came back, I had basically blown up the fridge. <laughs> fridge isn't working. And yeah, it still isn't working. Mm. It sort of came back to life. And then we read that we should defrost the whole thing. And then I'm not even making this up. This is how incompetent I am. And what a burden I am to live with. <laughs> so then Maka opens the fridge up. Like it's all opened up. Like most of the food in there was off anyway. Mm. I owe Maka three chicken breast. That's fine. That's on the table. But everything else was pretty much off anyway. But, 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 Maka goes, leave the fridge door open. I'm going to bed. I go, sweet. Now he's moved it into the middle of the kitchen. I was doing the dishes. So I had to shut the fridge door and freezer while I did the dishes it was open back up before I went to bed. Mm. Failed to open it back up. <laughs> so we woke up in the morning. Like, it's still fucking cold as shit in there. Nothing has defrosted. Um, so basically, this is a story of me failing to close the door when necessary and then closing it when it wasn't supposed mm. to be closed. And it's a bit touch and go for me because I really don't want to buy a new fridge for the lads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to probably move out in a couple of months and then I don't want to fucking throw down 300 sheets. <laughs> For some piece of shit freezer. I don't want to get on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. I don't want to live in this timeline that I found myself on. You don't want to strap a fridge to the top of a Mazda Metro. Why well, I got to borrow Adzi's Ute? It's just like I don't know. Yeah, I we had a fridge that was um, it just loved to open by itself. Yeah, I've Did had that I, before. I, I, we went through about three fridges in the space of like fourteen months at one stage, where we just kept getting lemons. Yeah, well, when you live in a share house, you realize that fridges and pretty much all furniture uh, has no value whatsoever. No. People just want to get rid of it. If you say, I will transport this away from your home, that that's all people want. Yeah, bro. It gone to the days of like paying $4,000 for like a secondhand couch. Mm. Facebook yeah. Marketplace is the Wild West. If yeah, you can exactly. transport it, you can fucking have it. Yeah, exactly. And we... um. But it's fucking hard to get rid of a broken fridge. That's when it comes into play, yeah. when it's not working. Your connections with the waste industry, were they at play here? They were at play, yeah, yeah. They, they have been at play several times. Do you still have pull with the Garbos? When, yeah, when I moved out, I put shit out um, and told them to come pick it up. It took like fucking four days because they're useless. Because like, they're just all so fucking pouty. So it's like they'll send someone to go do it and- the, I'll leave 50 bucks in the letterbox and he's, then I just get a text being like, he's not doing it today. He decided to go home. I'm like, God damn it. Everyone's got fucking mental health issues. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, but we had it like swinging open and then we just, 
we'd open it, close it, then swivel it towards the wall and jam it in there <laughs> until people eventually were like, and then people would be over and they'd, and we'd be like, jam it against the wall. And they'd be like, what is this system? And I'm just like, yeah, okay, maybe Dude, it's time to move on. It's so funny how quickly things like that just creep into your life. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, dude, just jam it against the fucking wall. Like, yeah, obviously. Are you an idiot? You don't know how to charge a phone. You put it precisely in one location yeah. and jam it against your wall. There's a protractor wall. right there. You need it at a 37 degree <laughs> angle. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, that's like, yeah, there's so much stuff like that where you just learn to live with it. Mm. Like um, Macca's AirPods um, work, but he can't speak into them. Mm. So he has to have his wired earphones there ready to go if he needs to make a phone call. Fucking hell. And then just shit like that where you're like, mm. like my charging port doesn't really work at all. Yeah, I need to go see a man after a, that. Yeah, I need to just, it's like a bit of voodoo, a couple Hail Marys. Modern day poverty is your phone not charging first go. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about getting a new one, but then I just thought, I don't even know. <laughs> There's not like there's no there's nothing wrong with this phone. Yeah, yeah. It I, will charge. I just need to know how to do it. Exactly. Exactly, mate. But yeah, so that's what so, we did on the weekend and then after I destroyed the fridge, allegedly knock on wood this got this thing comes back. Um what about this? Now I'm not saying each of us need girlfriends. What I am saying is that on Sunday, the boys watched upwards of two and a half hours of WWE Royal Rumble. Now, I was in the room because my desk is in like the living area. Uh, I don't condone that sort of behavior. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not into it either. It is. Okay. I understand that some people love wrestling. Mm. Okay. And I don't want to sort of tee off on, on this pastime. Because for some blokes, it seems to be a real coping mechanism. Mate, if you grew up poor, do what you need to do. But fucking hell, wrestling is not the answer. Yeah, it seems like for a lot of lads, WWE is like the fucking last thing on the door before like all the anxiety comes out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as long as The Rock comes out of WrestleMania, everything's going to be just fine. But I will say that as an adult who wasn't into wrestling, mm. it's pretty much impossible to get into. Yeah. As someone who didn't... I understand if you got into it as a kid and you still love it. You know, all's fair in love and war. I don't want to push anyone over the edge. But I will say as a fully fledged gentleman, look, looking from the outside in, because we didn't have Foxtel when I was a kid. Yeah, me neither. That's all wrestling means. If you like it, it just means you had Foxtel. Yeah, fuck it. What are your thoughts? Do you have anything to add to this topic? Man, it's just fucking <laughs> not good. What are you going to do? It's just not good. It's it's tough to even talk about in a playful way. Yeah. <laughs> But my friends were bashful enough that, like, it was more secret for them. Like, when I came around, they didn't force me to watch wrestling. Only if there was, like, a bunch of them. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just, let's fucking put on The Simpsons. What are we doing? Yeah. And it's, well, here's the thing is, like, The Simpsons was on the same channel. Yeah. Dude, Fox 8, bring back programming where it was just, like, you could just tell the guy couldn't be fucked. (laughs) Because it would just be, like, 9 a.m. to midday Simpsons. (laughs) Yeah, they got a good deal. Dude, fucking unreal. Is Foxtel dead? So I wanted to watch that Tim Minchin show the other day. And one of the lads at work said it's on Foxtel. I said, what year is it? Yeah, they've got like an online sort of thing as well that has live channels and then streaming. And I think that's on Netflix anyway. Oh, is it? The Tim Minchin and the Kid show? I don't know. Yeah, that's the one yeah, I want to watch. it's on Netflix. Um, yeah, my mate's, we, we had my mate's mum's password. It was pretty sick. 
I actually rate Foxtel. Oh, dude, our current um, streaming services setup is just like a litany of parents' accounts. <laughs> yeah, you just need to mash them all together. Oh, 100%. But my, my parents don't have anything. It's so annoying. They use my binge. They, like, cancelled them all. My parents are, like, absolute fucking morons. Um, Do they watch telly? They watch my binge now. Dude, binge is kind of having a moment. Binge is great, but um, I thought coming back home, I, this is going to be a free-for-all. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, there's more off food in that fridge than my previous fridge. So how's it going at home, mate? Because mate. you've been there a while now and you were sort of, you, it was branded as sort of a six week, two month mate, recovery was- project. <laughs> it was always till April. It was always till March, April, okay. which obviously was way too long. But now I'm not, I'm, my car works. I took my car to Newcastle. So that's the test. That's the test. I went to Newcastle. I hosted a show. I got blackout drunk and slept in my car. The car works. That's everything you need from a vehicle in that moment. <laughs> it does not overheat. I can take it more than 10 kilometers. And I'm out of personal loan debt. Wow. So now I've got a new lens for, Beautiful, um, for living at my parents' house. And the lenses are not good. Yeah, because probably less gratitude, would you say? Oh, I'm I'm regressing for sure. How how's your attitude around the house? Take me from day one where you're like, guys, thanks so much. I really mm. needed this. To now that you're back on your feet. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, are you just walking straight past your dad, like not even saying hi? Oh well, he's a motherfucker as well. So we're both motherfucking <laughs> each other. Um, is it is it? Have we got a, an issue with two apex predators stuck in the same bullpen? Oh, bro, so annoying. Um, and he's he's one of the more snide, condescending people in the world. Um, but first week back, I'm grateful as I'm I'm like frying them chicken, like I'm crumbing it, frying it up. Yeah, hey guys, Asian. I'm just knocking up some chicken breast. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, Is anyone peckish? I'll, I'll sort dinner tonight, no worries. And oh, I'll clean. Yeah. Oh, Sundays I like to clean. Yeah. And then you live with grubs like they are. Beautiful people, but like there's a reciprocating sore on the fucking couch right now. And then in front of that, there's- what these, you, Oh, like a recipro, like a power tool. A power tool on the couch. Okay. Like you've never- So set, that's not where we store power tools. And mate, here's the thing is, I'm not really, I'm not the cleanest person neither am I, in the world. Neither so, I don't want to throw stones. I don't want to throw stones. They just got the pool to stop being green. Good on them. Good on them. It took dad about 25 years to work that one out. Um, dude, my mate Marky described it as, oh, also, I should say on the last episode, I said he got cut off for the way he was bowling in Austin, he actually got cut off from the bar and from bowling for accidentally bowling in someone else's lane. Okay, that's that's the clarity we needed on that one. Yeah, yeah. So. A few DMs have just answered themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said the first time he went over to my house, he was like, do you guys have a party last night or some shit? And I'm like, ah, oh, no, this is just what it's like. There's just shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to speak out of school, but uh, a, a woman, one of the lads, uh, sort of met with one night. She she said our place was actually disgusting. <laughs> and it was over the Christmas period, so she was not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Here's the thing. I like I I the hands up. Mm. The pad was in a bit of a state for a couple of weeks. With these things as well, it's a bit of a snowball type situation because You stop seeing it, bro. You stop seeing it. It's like when you get tattoos, they say you stop seeing your tattoos. Mm. That's why people keep getting more tattoos. Mm. It's the same thing with a fucking recipro saw on the couch. Yeah, it's the exact same the thing. The first day you see it, you're like why is a power tool in the relaxation station? Mm. Why are there eight empty beer cans in these on the couch? Yeah, and What's then going on here by like the second week, you're thinking, "Where's that recipro?" Oh, that's right, it's on the couch where it belongs. 
yeah. then you go and use it and you put it back on the couch. <laughs> exactly. That's how it feels. <laughs> so and now I'm grubbier than them because I don't give it like the first yeah. two weeks, I was the clean one. And I was like, you guys, I was you talking guys to, make me sick. I was talking to dad. I was like, mate, this fucking woman of yours, like it's crazy. Yeah. You need to tell her that she needs to like put things away and like wipe things down and stuff. You can't just, you can like track everyone's movements by the way they drop things. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those people like I'll walk in through the door like keys down, hat down, <laughs> just peg my sunnies, like I just got shit everywhere. Um, yeah, so I'm a lot less, I'm a lot less thankful now. And my if I going out to if I come back from a gig, my dad will go, so did you make millions and billions of dollars at the gig? And I go, no, dad, I actually didn't make millions and billions of dollars. Unfortunately, not. No, unfortunately, Unfo- I'm unfortunately unfo- that seven minute spot at the boat shed <laughs> did not make me a multi millionaire. Unfortunately, I'm um, kind of exactly like you, a kind of transparent, condescending man, and it's not very marketable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and unfortunately, short men in positions of power don't really like men like me and you <laughs> that seem like they would bully them in another life. I can see you and your dad just knocking over cans on the back deck, just talking shit about short fellas. <laughs> Just running up, you bring up like a certain like anything to him, and he just has a he'll just go. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's just got a nonstop. Oh, oh. Like just don't involve me in that nonsense. What are some things that just where your dad just goes? Nah, I'm out. Oh, he's pretty hard line on like. Oh, he like. I don't know, like literally, nearly. I don't know, fucking everything. But like, bring up like if I said I was going to the AFL, it's like. It's just like a, it's just a symphony of. T- yeah, it's interesting when, like, I guess not just dads, but people. I guess more so dads, mm. but people when, like, you ask like a fifty-five-year-old man to do something, and he says no. That doesn't mean, hey, I don't want to go to the AFL. That means I'm never going to the <laughs> AFL. I've written off this activity. Like they have things in their lives where they go, I will never ever do that it's not for me i've decided <laughs> any fishing he's like fishing there's too much fucking gear there's too much gear sailing there's too much fucking gear yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah you can either surf or swim or do nothing that's that's how the coast works for my father yeah my dad surfs as well and like him with golf he's like he's like i just don't get it yeah he'll go off on golf as well yeah. eight fucking hours mate <laughs> eight fucking hours dude that'd be so good to just have that pressure off because when you say no to something as someone in your 20s, you're like, I'm just a negative piece of shit. Get mm. out there, Bill. What are you doing? Mm. You know, like if I don't watch AFL or like it, mm. but if someone invited me, I'd go. Yeah. Just because I'm 28 and it's like, what's your excuse? Yeah. Have you got something better on? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's mm. very few things I wouldn't go to just by virtue of the fact it's something. Mm. You got to get out there. Yeah. I think they just kind of make their mind up on things that they like. Yeah, and it's mainly kind of watching World War Two documentaries with his new surround sound. Surround sound, yeah, mate. He's a he's a true man now. What's happened there? Did he walk in a JB Hi-Fi and get conned by a man with a neck tattoo? Or oh no, he's very selective. If you get my dad drunk, he'll just talk about Choice Magazine. Just it's a consumer choice magazine, mate. And then, Choice Magazine. Well, it's a website as well. <laughs> but he'll just if you just look at Choice, man, it tells you which one's the best, which one's the best for money, which one's the best for thing. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, fucking hell. 27 years of it. So things are frosty at home, mate. Yeah, things are frosty, for sure. I'm are getting you, out. What, what are some of your privileges? Are you, do you have a bedtime or? 
you're not having a They, I flitter in and out of their lives. If you were listening to some something loud in your room at 10 p.m., would would that dude, be a dude, hey they, they, knock it off? They can't hear anything, bro. Oh, their hearing's gone. Well, they're fucking old people that are organizing things constantly. They're always organizing things. Got to be organized. But they're doing it from other sides of the house. So it'll be like, do we need to pack the trailer on Friday? And then we'll be like, I don't know if we need to pack the. T-. It's just like that nonstop, just just beneath you, dude. It's so sick. Like old people are honestly like so much more in the present. I'm fucking doing landscaping, thinking like thinking about all this shit in the future. Mm. I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere near the present. Mm. I'm three months down the road, round the block, round the corner. You know what I mean? Like I got no idea what's going on in this present mm. moment. Whereas uh, one of the clients today, this lady, she told us for about seven minutes about a storm that hit her backyard two and a half years ago. <laughs> you cannot tell me she was not in that conversation with me mm. 110 fucking mm. percent. You know what I mean? Just to have that level of like, to actually give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Because that's my response. Because also- my- I, don't gi- I don't give a shit about a storm that's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Let alone one that happened two and a half years ago. But this woman's in it. And I think she's happier for it. I think old people get to a point where they just think, do you know what? There's nothing else going on. I'm going to give a fuck about what's actually happening right now. Mm. I guess it is just watching shit out your window. Yeah. Mm. Something to do. Like the wet, like my parents were always, most of their conversation in afternoons will be whether or not the southerly did in fact come through. <laughs> <laughs> they give a fuck. Yeah, they just give a fuck about the wind that's happening. But it's good. It, you're in the day. Mm. Is the southerly coming through? Mm. The guy on the fucking weather channel said it would. Mm. Wrong again, mate. Yeah, my dad will just be outside doing some sort of... So he'll like start a project and then just kind of drop everything and just kind of... There'll just be shit everywhere. And then he'll be scurrying around in a new location, listening to some podcast about the Holocaust out of his phone. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> just either like weird punk out of his phone because he doesn't really fuck with headphones or just you'll just be hearing like horrific statistics. <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Dude, I can't even get my dad to listen to a podcast. <laughs> like I'm like, because my dad has a lot of interests. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you know, there's so many podcasts that correspond to your interests. Yeah. That you would just love, but he rejects the concept. <laughs> is he listen to radio? Not really, no. Yeah. What does he do on the bus? He reads on the bus. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. My dad listens to 702 and just fucking an hour. Oh, really? An hour of 702. Yeah, nice. Big Tommy Dean fan because of it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, dude, speaking of reading, you'll notice in the corner of my bedroom right now, Pretty impressive uh, novel I've cracked into there, mate. Mate, the craziest jump in history. Matthew Perry. What, what a fucking jump, dude. <laughs> Matthew Perry to Ulysses. Yep. Matthew Perry. Do you know what? I had an existential moment last week, possibly because of all the health concerns and my impending doom. <laughs> but Pat Cummins was did an interview, and he I guess he's a big reader, mm. and he was saying, he was bringing out all these books. And he was telling them, he was telling the guy how they had like changed his perspective on the world mm. and how they had opened his mind in these crazy ways. And at the time, I was reading Matthew Perry's autobiography. <laughs> and the only thing I learned from that is that Matthew Perry is a piece of shit. And he, get, he has some of your money. And he definitely has some of my money. Yeah. And, uh, and the other thing I learned was I got to stop buying my books at airports. 
<laughs> I don't think there's any titles at Sydney Domestic Airport that are going to change your life. Mm. I'm still trying to get through the subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> I've had five goes at that thing. I always say to Adzi, I go, mate, um, I've only read the first two chapters. I only know how to give a fuck. <laughs> I haven't learned how to, how to disregard it yet. But so I said, fuck this. I need to read a real book mm. because I've only been reading like actors biographies and I don't even like actors. Yeah, it is strange. It's a real, real weird like coping <laughs> mechanism of some description. Like I read Matthew McConaughey's autobiography. People ask me, are you a big fan of his? I go, uh, I, I guess. Mm. You know what I mean? Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> there are millions of people I'm a bigger fan of and I haven't read their book. I, Amazon, I buy secondhand books on, on Amazon and they ship them to you. Oh, really? Um, and based on what I'd bought once, they were like, based on what you'd bought, you're like, you would enjoy Demons by Dostoevsky. Ooh. And I was like, fucking look at me. Yeah, you're a smart guy. A fucking oath. And then I bought it. And then as I was reading it, it occurred to me where I was like, oh, like the science isn't mapped out all the way. It's just like, these are the sort of people that would, would buy Dostoevsky. It's not like they don't have the data of if that. I mean, cunt, you can't even pronounce the bloke's name if that cunt read it. So there's just all these like middle like fucking dudes in their mid twenties buying Dostoevsky. Doesn't mean they've read it. I haven't fucking finished it. Yeah. It's so hard. There's a million Nikolais and shit running about. <laughs> it's- like it's you're just in a Russian village, just plot. Like there's all these different mis- mysteries and twists and turns, and it's just like fucking hell. Give me a break with the Russians. Yeah, well, I'm reading Ulysses by James Joyce, and it is, let me tell you, you pick up the tools for this one. (laughs) This isn't Matthew Perry bumping into Jack Nicholson at a cocktail party. This is is some big boy stuff. Mm. Uh, The thing I firstly didn't really wrap my head around was that in the 1920s, they had words we don't even use anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then half the time, they'll they'll throw in some Latin or Gaelic. I honestly don't know what it is. But, but yeah, like there's huge chunks where I'm like, this is sick. And then there'll be half a page where I go, we'll just let that go through to the keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still know what's going on. Yeah, I had that as well where I'm like, this, this page, it's so beautiful and so incredible. But this next chapter, I hope I haven't met these characters before because I don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Chapter two, I thought it was a different story about different people. And it was actually the same guy. And and not only was it the same guy, it was chronological. So, the first chapter, it says 9am. The second chapter says 11am at the top. I didn't even click that. Ah, okay. So... Like a different 11am. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what... It was the same day. Yeah, same day. I didn't clock any of this. Same people, same day, same (laughs) setting. Like, I didn't... Whoa. But uh, it's actually made me smoke less weed because you you can't, you can't. get high and rap, get into this. Well, in the most Billy Darcy way, he's reading Ulysses because of Pat Cummins. Yes. Fucking hell. <laughs> hey, <laughs> can, mate. Can cricket not affect one part of your life? It one doesn't bit. matter how you get there, brother, as long as you get there. <laughs> Pat Cummins continues to be a, a rock of leadership and, uh, and pointing in the right direction. He's a, he's a new Michael Clark for you. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because... He seems like an honourable man. Our, me and Macca always talk about this. Pat Cummins is squeaky clean. Mm. Beyond squeaky clean. Mm. Like, when they did the test documentary and, like, they just all this raw footage of, like, them on tour, like, they'd bust into Pat Cummins' room and he would be like, 
nursing a baby rabbit back to health and like <laughs> reading fucking Ulysses with the other hand. Mm. Like he wears glasses. I bet he can see perfectly. Yeah, he's cute though. As he's well. cute as he's fuck. So dude. fucking hot. He's so hot. I reckon hotter than Michael Clark for sure. Oh my god. Okay. I like the tall, dark, handsome. So here's the thing. I think Pat Cummins is hotter than Michael Clark. Mm. I will say Clarky with the blonde tips. He had more of that rock star in him. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's why you liked him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Plus Lara Bingle power up. <laughs> Pretty impressive. This is why I love Pat Cummins, dude. When he was dating his wife or his would be wife. Mm. He just, because he was injured for like five years, mm. uh, he just told her he was a uni student. Oh, that's such a fucking baller move. Dude, what a baller move. And how's this? So she starts dating this guy, Pat. And you know how when sports people, like when you went to uni, you're just a piece of shit who goes to uni. Yeah. When a sports person goes to uni, it is inspirational. Mm. When you hear that a professional sportsman has a degree, mm. That's unbelievable because they don't have to do that. Yeah. That's a truly switched on human. Yeah. You and me at uni, we're clawing for some sort of path. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking for anything. Clambering yeah. through a couple of years. I'm just, I'm, I literally rocked up at uni. I was like, I thought you had to go. I had, I had no interest in psychology. I went and did media. Again, very little interest in that. I honestly was just like, this is what you do. I, I rocked up and I was like, so this is O week, huh? And they were like, that was last week. And I was like, well, fucking hell, I missed O-Week. <laughs> Honestly, and then like, by the time I was like, oh, I'm never going to use this degree at all. I was like, well, I may as well finish it. Yeah, exactly. Because it takes such little effort um, to do. And, you know, you've made three or four friends. I think I think I may I may end up doing that with, I've, I've got a uni degree that about halfway through, I was like, I'm never going to fucking use this. Yeah. And I, think, I think I may end up with a trade qualification where I'm like, I'm never going to fucking use yeah. this. Dude, my biggest blunder, I missed the email. I didn't even go to my graduation. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I felt terrible. Um, oh, not- Pat, Pat Cummins. This is fucking sick. Yeah, so Pat Cummins. Um, but, 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 yeah, so he is at, she, she's like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm studying fucking business or whatever. And so they're going on a few dates. And then uh, one day she's walking along and she walks past a bus stop and his head is on it. He's on like a Gatorade ad or something. <laughs> and she's like messaging him be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> she's like, we've been on three dates. Like, why are you on this bus stop? That's and it. then he was like, oh, yeah, I kind of play cricket for Australia. Sick. And then she looks him up and he's got like fucking 60,000 followers and shit. That's sick. Dude, that's baller. That is baller. Because then you never have the insecurity as well. Because of like... Because I'd also make a woman be like, you you like me not because of the cricket stuff, right? Oh, sure. but I, I don't think that's the case with cricket. I think if you're a musician or an actor... Well, I don't know. There's tons of women that would want to be wags. Yeah, but... It, it, she'd be with him. Like, if she was of that ilk, I'm yeah, sure yeah. she's one of the finest women uh, on God's green earth. Pommy as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, we've had this argument so many times. Nah, love, nah, not into Love palmy women. Nah. There's exceptions to the rule, but they are kind of hags. Um, sorry, okay. that was harsh. Well, but that-, that- grow, up, grow up in Manly. Dude, it's just the ones that come to Australia aren't the, aren't the smart ones. They're the ones that are just so fucking annoying and drunk. Yeah. You know, they're just drunk on wine, yelling about how you wouldn't believe it, but I'm actually a nurse. And I'm like, I'd fucking believe it. <laughs> yeah. Dumbest cunt ever. <laughs> I will say, because England has so much variety, like America. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you compare like a woman from Texas to a woman from New York and you're like, I hate American women. Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, yeah. what are we talking about here? Yeah, mate? yeah, yeah. Sorry. I 
I don't get along with the British women that choose to spend their youth in Australia getting give, fucked up. Give me an... Is there an area of England in particular? Posh, I, north? I, I think it's just the ones that instead of going to university or travelling around Europe, come to Australia and then ask me lots of questions about the animals. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. We'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> I love English women. I know you it's... love British <laughs> I don't want to get into the whole thing here. Yeah, I know you love them. Well, if none of them come to Australia, what, what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah, that's very true. What am I going to do? Um, what were we talking about? Pat Cummins. Oh, not telling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it would be the fame. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be the cricket. Yeah, It's yeah. like, you're with me just because of my cover drive. Yeah, yeah. It's, cricket isn't a, the sexy Cricket is not sexy it. at all. It's the success, which is the yeah. sexy side. Whereas I think if you were a musician mm. and you were a successful musician, part of it, you'd be like, it's only because I can fucking absolutely shred the guitar. Mm. And it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, if you watch the trip, Steve Coogan has the best line in it where he's like people want to be like oh that, well she only slept with you because you're um famous and rich and he's like well they only slept with you because you're young and attractive so fuck off yeah. <laughs> yeah, like use what you've got <laughs> exactly yeah that's so true <laughs> that's so funny they only slept with you because i'll stop you there slept with me yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. larry yeah. david said the same thing they're like do you um worry about the women that go with you now is only because you're successful and rich and he's like no no I don't care whatever it is <laughs> I don't give a shit there's no room on the scorecard for descriptions <laughs> yeah all good whatever the reason you like me yeah, I'm yeah. here <laughs> I was about to say what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't have another option yeah exactly especially like Larry David <laughs> yeah, like, you think he was cleaning up beforehand like a 73 year old an- like anxious Jew it's not fucking going on is um uh, I saw I can't remember the guy's name. He's an actor, but he was on uh, Mark Norman's podcast, and he said he went to a driving range in LA, and he saw like a proper curb your enthusiasm moment in real life with Larry David. Oh, that's sick! Because apparently Larry David always goes to this driving range, and they upped it from ten dollars to eleven, <laughs> and so and Larry David gets to the front of the line, and he's like. Like full curb, like he goes. I couldn't believe this was happening. Larry David's like eleven dollars. Now I got to break a twenty. What are you doing to me? Now, I'm, now I got coins in my wallet. My wallet's weighing down my pocket. Now I got lopsided pants. Like ah, oh. <laughs> just going off about the extra dollar. And also, this is like post curb. Oh yeah. So he's a billionaire. Yeah, he's a billionaire. He, he's a billionaire, and he's like, he's like, ah, oh, the dollar. It's not a mm. round number. He's he's because of Seinfeld and Curb. Like it's crazy. Like. His great great grandchildren will make more money off comedy than either of us ever will. Like Seinfeld will just run forever. Yeah, do you think it will just be timeless? Oh, there probably will, there will be somewhere. Like that, this Mash is still on. Is it though? I don't know. Who's talking about Mash? You know what I mean? Fuck, I don't know. Something needs to be before Deal or No Deal. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of that stuff will just. Fall by the wayside. Fuck. I don't know. It, mate, history is going to swallow us all. Okay? <laughs> I'm here for it. I hope I hope no one remembers Seinfeld because I know they're not going to remember me. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. If it, I'm it, cool with no one remembering Billy Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> that got super dark. <laughs> all right. How do you think this has been? It's been all right. It's been all right, hasn't it? I think we started pretty well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then... Uh, 
I'll put my hand up. Me alluding to that woman potentially being a whore really shifted the tone. <laughs> if I just edited the, I refuse to edit. That's yeah, the yeah. thing. So we, even though this isn't a live podcast, it feels live in the room because right. this thing's going out. <laughs> <laughs> Until Billy makes enough money to not have to stick her cars on Thursday and Friday. Exactly. This it, is a live podcast. Yeah. Until my official title isn't stick it, stick a rebrand assistant. Um, this is yeah. We're on Nova nine six nine. Yeah, we're driving Sydney home right now, <laughs> and we both happen to have been doing labour for about nine hours beforehand. I know. Yeah, that's how people do radio, right? They just kind of carry stone around and glue it to walls for nine hours in preparation. They push a mower for eight hours, yeah. but uh, mate, what about this? If you got offered, because like radio is, let's I won't say it's dead, mm. but it's definitely decaying. Yeah. Uh, if you got offered, like, they go, right, Rowan, Rowan Arneal, I saw you do comedy at this place, at the comedy store. You're the funniest guy ever. Here's 350K large to do FM breakfast radio in Darwin. And the show will not go out to any other city. Fuck. You will, you will get a significant little following in Darwin, but it will not help you sell a single ticket anywhere else in the country and in no way, shape or form advance your comedy career. And there'll be very limited opportunities to do stand-up while you're in Darwin. Um, but but we got a big old heavy bag of cash. Okay. First off, despite how much I hate humidity, I'm going to probably do it. If I could just walk around, if I could come back to Sydney in two years and just be like, yeah, I have, um, I have a savers account with 300K in it. Oh, yeah. That's what we're talking about. But you got to fly somewhere every weekend to do stand up or some shit. You got to every second weekend. Yeah. Your stand up would just fall away, mate. Oh, so shit. It's. There's nothing, no, there's no gigs there. Mate, you give me Adelaide or Perth, I'll take a pay cut. No, 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 no. I've got to be in Darwin. <laughs> I wouldn't even go to Adelaide, I don't think. No disrespect to that scene. I don't know, I do. I've done a lot more humiliating things for money, that's for sure. That's true, yeah. <laughs> you wanna- Dude, here's the thing, is that right now, live on the airwaves, I say, oh, I would never do it. Because <laughs> I know how you are as well. You'd be like, all right, sick. Well, I'm obviously going to be amazing at it. Three months there. Then I'm in Perth. Three months there. I'll probably get bumped off to Sydney. <laughs> like you have like a nine month exit strategy of being the king of Sydney radio. Also, my attitude would be horrific. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, fine, I'm here. <laughs> They're like, we paid you $400,000. Could you pep up a bit? I go, I should be bombing <laughs> twice on a Monday night. <laughs> the gear, no one's working on the gear, man. <laughs> but, uh, but mate, speaking of uh, comedy, comedy, um, oh, return to the room where I was uh, in a potential altercation with a comedian. Oh, nice. So yeah. that was good. Good to get the monkey off the back. Yeah. As far as being in that green room without being assaulted. <laughs> so that was, that was good just to fucking tick off early in the year. But, mate, I did announce my Melbourne Comedy Festival shows today. Mm. Um, 11 shows mm-hmm. in, in Melbourne, which is intimidating. It is. 11. It just, it's a lot. But, you know, mate, this podcast has got a lot of reach. A lot of fantastic humans listen to it. I'd love to hear you just cut a little promo uh, for my Melbourne shows as someone sort of, you know, loosely affiliated with my career in some way. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I've, I've been on shows with you recently. Mate, there's some good gear. There's some good gear kicking around, that's for sure. Yeah, some things that I was like, 
kind of fucking wish I thought of that. That's pretty good. Well, there you go. A few Snickers at the back of the room. Some of the boys being like, oh, fucking Darcy stepped it up a little bit. Wow. Wow. Keep going, mate. It's not all that stuff. And most importantly is that Billy wants you to know that every single night, without failure, he wants to get fucked up with you. That's what it's really about at the end of the day. It's about getting Billy as fucked up and as anxious as he possibly can be the next morning before the next show. And the cycle will just fucking continue. Bang, coke in the bathrooms. Bang, bang, bang. He's going to lose his fucking mind and I'm going to have to cradle him. I will say Fridays and Saturdays, schooners guaranteed. If you want a session with me, those are the days. Okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, ticket sales pending. And then Sunday as well. I mean, it's just fucking every day of the week, mate. It's like a real job. (laughs) they, They try and fuck you as much as possible. Well, a full run at the festival is 22 shows. Man, I was supposed to do 22 shows in 2020. And I will say this. Uh, I don't know if anyone who listens to this thing is religious, um, but I can tell you for sure there is a God out there because that <laughs> festival was cancelled to save my sanity. There's no way I would have sold more than fucking seven tickets across those 22 shows. Thank the Lord for COVID that year. Mate, he'd have the same feelings about Melbourne that he does about Adelaide and Perth. Yeah. <laughs> Touring before the podcast kicked off was abrasive. <laughs> some, some would say it was particularly unnecessary. Yeah, I wish someone told me not to do it. <laughs> this was before TikTok as well, though. Mm. So it wasn't like you could just be online yeah, yeah and just yeah. do it like this was <laughs> it was back when you you got to get out there to the festivals and grind yeah i don't know yeah that's what they told me when i fucking s- kyle legacy shaking me going you got to do 34 shows in perth <laughs> yeah. you got to do 34 shows build it from the ground up <laughs> jesus fucking christ and then you got to come back in nine months time with a completely new hour and make no money again. Yeah. I'm like, where's everyone getting the money? Yeah, yeah. A new hour. No one saw the first one. Do a new one. Man, I got scared off by that pretty early when McGowan came back from his big Melbourne run that was going to help him make it after going to the coal mines. Oh, he yeah. went to the coal mines to fund it and then sold out Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Didn't sell out the other days and lost all the money. Lost like 20 grand. Oof. Would Miguel be comfortable with that being on the airwaves? He talks about it nonstop. Oh, okay, good. Um, Yeah, well, McGowan, actually, Jared McGowan of Mug Off uh, Podcast, um, get around him. He's actually doing my room at my time slot, but the two weeks after me. Oh, nice. So I'm doing 29th of March to April 9, 8.40 p.m. at the Cooper's Inn, and then he's doing it the following two weeks, same room, same time. Ah. So it's a nice little handing off of the baton that is from nice. one Sydney comedian to another. Nice. As you know, Matt, I don't know if you've heard, it's a Sydney invasion in Melbourne this year. It is a Sydney invasion, and I have a feeling that Billy might be getting incredibly drunk and talking a fair bit of shit on Melbourne. No, I'll be staying clear of the artist bar, I think. <laughs> if my show starts to get any sort of hype whatsoever, I will not be anywhere near the artist bar. Mm. I can only ruin any potential... <laughs> Can only ruin any potential networking opportunities, Mate, but industry types love cricketers. Everyone I was about to say, yeah, they fucking God. love Catholic school educated cricketers. Mate, it's easier for some people because industry types are people they would hang out with anyway. Yeah, exactly. Whereas for me, it's like a real what's going on here. <laughs> I'm saying stuff that I don't know what I'm saying. It's just trying to be friendly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Don't mention UFC. Don't <laughs> mention cricket. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, no, it should be good. So thanks for the promo, mate. 
Oh, it's going to be a fun show. I'm going to come down. Yeah, look, I don't want to speak out of school, but building off what Rowan said, I've been working on this show for about six months, and it is starting to rip. It is starting it's, to it's, rip. It's fucking cooking pretty hard. I'll say before Christmas, I was less than, less than confident about what was happening, just because yeah. it just became a bit of a slog, and some stuff wasn't really working the way I wanted it to. <laughs> okay, but now we are absolutely cooking, dude. I'm bringing, I'm bringing. Uh, I don't know. Whatever's not embarrassing to say, I'm bringing a pretty bloody good show. <laughs> <laughs> if people could uh, uh, buy some tickets, so I don't have to have some pretty depressing breakfasts with Billy. Yeah, <laughs> actually, to be honest, I would love the fucking shit out. Of that. <laughs> Just buy up the weekend, so it makes people buy on the weekdays. That's a good idea. Yeah. So. Buy up Friday and Saturday, schooners guaranteed, and that will force people to come to the weeknight shows. And I have a sneaking suspicion that there may be schooners guaranteed Tuesday to Thursday as well. Exactly. This is two months down the road. Mate, if I don't have another fucking speller, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's going to be on. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, we should end this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess we sort of brought it back. Maybe, maybe. I reckon there's 20 minutes in the middle there that could easily hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> if we had a cutting room floor, for it, sure. You can't cut anything if you don't have scissors. Exactly. All right. Catch you later.